you may have seen in the email that I sent out uh, toward the end of the week uh, that uh, I, have, I have chosen uh, a theme for the year 2023, and uh, it is uh, simply entitled uh, Confidence in the Scriptures, or Confidence in the Word of God. Last year our theme was Our Hope is in the Lord, and of course our hope continues to be in the Lord, but I, I want to focus on uh, the Word of God uh, this year in some different ways, and our confidence being in the Scriptures, our confidence being in uh, the Word of God. As you know, the Word of God uh, is under attack, truth is under attack, and it has been that way since the Garden of Eden. But it seems that we've come to a point in America where even among so-called evangelicals professing Christians, there is a great measure of doubt. And sometimes it's not open and, oh, I don't believe the Word of God. It's more subtle than that. It's a lack of confidence. Sometimes it's publicly. We have professional ballplayers or we have celebrities, superstars. I can think of uh, one just recently that comes to mind, and I'll, I'll say her name, and s- most of us will probably recognize her name. I'll just go ahead and say her name. Her name's Amy Grant. And uh, she, she turned years ago, I mean, she basically admitted years ago that she went the, the, the Christian contemporary music route on purpose because she wasn't good enough yet to make it on the, the pop scene. So she went the CCM route in order to make a name for herself, and then she crossed over. Well, there wasn't that much difference in her music anyway. I mean, it was basically pop, rock, or whatever anyway. And I remember she was, for a lot of people, even for some of my friends, uh, I, I can't name any one of her songs, honestly. I can't name a single one. Uh, I did not listen to her. And I know she was big time, and there were a lot of my friends who they thought that she was... God's gift to music, and then she crossed over, and then she got divorced, and there was this big controversy. Well, just in the news in the last couple of weeks, she's wearing a rainbow vest, and she's declaring that they are going to host a gay wedding at her ranch or her farm or uh, whatever uh, estate that she has. And sure enough, there she is in the news, and she's uh, proclaiming that God just wants us to love him and to love each other. And so, once again, we see another celebrity, another Christian, so-called, who is undermining the authority of the Word of God. And we can probably think of others. I can think of one of my favorite NASCAR uh, race uh, superstars uh, from Indiana, who years ago, I remember going to the very first Brickyard 400 in 1994, and he won that race, and we were all excited, and they would put a microphone in his face, and he was talking Jesus, and he had the lingo, he had the talk, and then as his career got better, as he won more races, as he made more money, as his marriage fell apart, as other things happened, all of a sudden the Jesus talk went away. And it was almost like he used Jesus, and he used all that Bible talk to win a fan base, and then when he became successful, he didn't want anything to do with God or Jesus, and especially when... Uh, his testimony became marred uh, through different things, particularly his, his marriage and some of the scandals that went on with that. So we see that celebrity, superstar type of Christianity and the way that it is sometimes marketed or just flat out undermined 
when these superstars who once made some sort of claim to the Bible, to the truth of the Word of God, to Christ, later in their lives, they distance themselves from the Word of God, from truth, and especially as the culture shifts and sins become more acceptable and more celebrated by our culture, then Christians all of a sudden are wishy-washy on what the Word of God says. They get a microphone in their face, and it's even pastors who will do this sometimes. And they'll have some TV news uh, come to their church, or there's a tragedy in the town, and some of them are so weak. And they'll talk about the tragedy and talk about prayer, and they'll talk about peace, but there's no essence of the gospel in the opportunity that they have on the news to declare the truth of the Word of God. I'm thankful for some who will still declare the truth and and stand uh, for the Word of God, but so many just seem so ashamed of the gospel. When Paul says, for we are not ashamed of the gospel, it is the power of God unto salvation, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. So I don't know if any of you have noticed this or have heard this, but a recent trend on Spotify... I have a Spotify account. I have some playlists, and uh, there's a, a lot of a lot of good music on Spotify. I have the Wilds and Herbsters, and, and uh, a lot of a lot of good music. But Spotify is probably the number one digital music platform, uh, as far as I know. And they have podcasts and just a plethora of music and information, news, and podcasts. Well. I don't know if any of you have heard this, and I looked this up to verify, and sure enough, three of the top four podcasts on Spotify are Bible or Bible-related podcasts, okay? Now, number one, number one is Joe Rogan, the Joe Rogan experience, okay? That's not a Bible or Bible-related podcast, I'll tell you that much right now. I've never listened to a Joe Rogan show uh, he's very popular. I guess he was a WWF or WWE wrestler at one point. He's very controversial. He's uh, very um, left-leaning, moderate, according to some people. Uh, we would consider him a liberal, but he will speak up. For instance, he was the guy who made a big controversy when he got COVID and took a bunch of uh, alternative medicines, I forget the name of the one that was considered a, a horse dewormer, <laughs> and it was this huge controversy, and he even took on the liberals for that. Uh, he had a, a, a Christian uh, guy on his show, and I heard just an excerpt of that show, and that person, that Christian, made some very good statements regarding abortion and pro-life, excellent statements. I appreciated that Christian taking a stand for what is right, one of those rare times where a Christian has some national um, media attention and they actually declare the truth. This particular Christian guy, he defended life on the Joe Rogan show, and uh, Joe Rogan actually had to stop and I was watching this excerpt, and Joe Rogan actually stopped and was like, hmm, hadn't really thought about that before. So the guy made some very good points regarding life. That's the number one podcast, no surprise there. Number two is a Catholic podcast called The Catechism in a Year. It's by some Father Schmitz. 
And it is, from what I understand, it is a podcast where you can listen to Catholic catechisms. And so, especially with busy life and with Catholics becoming more and more secular, there's an effort in the Catholic Church to bring some conservative resurgence. And Pope, Pope, uh, former Pope Benedict just died. And I was frustrated as I listened to some evangelicals professing Christians. And one of the, the men is a strong Christian man. But his organization has compromised with the Catholic Church. So, of course, when he was talking about Pope Benedict, he couldn't declare the difference in doctrine and couldn't come right out and talk about Pope Benedict being an unsaved religious man who was conservative, yes, but still trusted in the church plus Jesus for his salvation. I know that's a controversial statement I just made. I realize that. There are people who believe the Pope is a born-again Christian because he believes in Jesus. But the Pope continues to uphold the veneration of Mary and a cooperative, mutual justification. Conservative, traditional, Catholic doctrine continues to teach salvation by Christ and by works. Together, cooperating, as the church says, sacraments, baby baptisms, all the things that go into it, that is how you get to heaven. Pope Benedict never distanced himself, never declared salvation by faith alone in Christ. He never distanced himself from Catholic doctrine. As a matter of fact, he promoted a conservative resurgence, and that was one of the things that they, uh, in this one podcast I was listening to, that was one of the things that he said. He said it was good that he brought more of a conservative, traditional, doctrinal emphasis to the Catholic Church as Pope, whereas, who's the Pope now? Francis? He's more, he's more liberal, more socially, culturally uh, conducive, and he, he's very wishy-washy, whereas uh, Pope Benedict was more conservative. But he never declared salvation by faith alone and Christ alone. He never condemned the veneration of Mary and other Catholic doctrines. So based upon the word of God, not upon, not upon my opinion or our opinion, but based upon the word of God, if he was trusting in his works, his sacraments, his good deeds, the church, Mary, plus Jesus Christ, then the man's unsaved. As religious as he was, as conservative as he was, as pro-life as he was, as pro-family as he was, if his faith wasn't in Christ and Christ alone, if, his, if he had not repented of his sins and truly put his faith and trust in Christ and Christ alone for his salvation, then he's in hell today. And I know that's not a popular statement, but this podcast is trying to bring a conservative movement back into the Catholic Church because there's too many Catholics out there who are too secular, who don't know their traditions, don't know their doctrines. And so this podcast, the Catechism in a Year, is supposed to help with that. Number three is called the Bible Recap. And I did a quick 
just summary look at it, and the Bible recap apparently is where somebody is reading the scripture and adding some commentary. But I don't know what source, what they're coming, what, what angle they're coming from. Do they believe the Bible is the full authoritative word of God? I, I don't know. But that's, the, that's number three. And then number four is another Catholic podcast by Father Mike Schmitz, and it's called The Bible in a Year. So three of the top four podcasts on Spotify trending right now are Bible or Bible-related, two of which are Catholic, okay? So does this mean that our culture is returning to the Bible? I, I hesitate to say yes, okay? There's something here where people are once again revealing their religiosity, Okay, um, that's some of this, but is it truly a return to the Bible? It seems that there would need to be some more factors, some more examples, some more evidence besides just three of the top four podcasts on Spotify to declare that people are returning to the truth. Okay, now. Are people looking for answers in a broken world? I think people are. And I think that's been in the heart of man for all time in the sense that we are a spiritual being. We're body, soul, and spirit. So there is that religious aspect that's in man. Every culture, every civilization has had some form of religion, some, some, some form of worship. Even in the agnostic, atheistic areas, stratas, <laughs> they're still religious. Even the, even the climate people, the climate change people, they are very religious. Okay? I mean, we all committed climate sins probably getting here today. We drove a car. Maybe, maybe somebody here has an electric vehicle. Um, I, I don't know, I don't know, but may, maybe there's an electric vehicle out there. I don't think I saw one. But we all committed climate sins. Pete Buttigieg commits horrific climate sins, flying his private jet all over the place. Um, anyway, that's another story. But they are very religious. The climate people are very religious. As a matter of fact, they talk about a judgment coming, right? Oh, interesting. They, they condemn us for our you know, condemning of certain sins. They condemn us for our talk about judgment, but don't they talk about sin and judgment when it comes to the environment? And we're all going to die from global warming or global freezing or whatever they decide every 10 years or so, you know, and they have to keep changing the date, and on and on it goes. People are looking for answers. People know there's something wrong with the world. We, we saw examples of that even yesterday at the funeral. Okay, what a, what a wonderful attendance. I, I, I heard that we had over 130 people in the auditorium yesterday. There, there must have been, I'm going to guess, 200, 200 plus people that came through, maybe 250. What, a, what an incredible outpouring of love and support for the Pruitts. What an example of their testimony in the community. Um, but just the, the way in which they touched lives and then the way in which God enabled us to reach so many people with, with the gospel and to, for some of them, 
this was probably the only exposure or one of the few places that they've ever had any exposure to the truth in their entire lives, for some of them. Incredible opportunity God gave us. There was a sense, if you were here, you probably sensed the same thing I did. There was a sense that people were looking for answers. What is going on? Why did this happen? What, what can we do about this? Those are in the heart of man. People are looking for answers. So maybe Spotify is in a very small way trying to or is an evidence of people looking for something outside of themselves. Okay? I'm not saying that they are going to the right place. All right? I'm not saying that those are the places that you need to go or that we need to go. Uh, again, especially when two of those three are, are Catholic-centered uh, podcasts and the Bible recap, I don't know where uh, that, that particular angle or what, where they're coming from and what their view of the authority of the Word of God is, but there seems to be something in our culture where people are saying, okay, our politics are broken, uh, we have high rates of crime, we have an angry society, a despairing society, suicide rates, uh, drug overdoses, all these problems in our culture, family problems, school problems, six-year-old shooting a first-grade teacher down in Virginia, it's the third shooting that they have had in that same school district in the last 17 months. But take away all our guns. That's the answer. Take away all our guns. You hear the same thing over and over, right? The same political government-related solutions. People understand something is wrong. We're, we're broken. The world is a mess. Something has to be done about this. So where do we go? Where do we turn? Is the world finding the right solution. Okay, there seems to be some people, thankfully, looking in the right place. What an opportunity God has given us here in the 21st century to be a lighthouse, to share the gospel, to be a testimony for Jesus Christ. And part of my purpose in this series is to give us some basics from the Bible that can help us in our evangelism, but also help us in our own spiritual growth, but also to help others, new believers, people who are not very well versed on the Bible. Because, sad to say, most people in our culture are very biblically illiterate. We were watching, I don't watch Jeopardy on a regular basis, but we were watching Jeopardy the other night, uh, and uh, there was a whole category on the Bible and here's these three individuals that they probably have more brains in their pinky finger than I have in my whole body, all right? And they know trivia and they know facts, but they were getting stumped on the Bible category. Just basic Bible facts. And they were like, uh, what is? <laughs> Who is? And, and a couple of them, I think, got it right. But you could tell they were struggling. But when it came to some movie, when it came to some <laughs> ridiculous a trivia fact about some other category, you know, they had it just like that. But when it came to the Bible, here's these brainiacs, and they're like, uh, who is? And you could sense the, you could hear the doubt in their, in their voice. How sad is that? And these are grown adults who don't even know basic things about the Bible. We, we are in a biblically illiterate society. So let me ask a series of questions, and I think you'll, you'll, you'll get all the answers right. <laughs> Probably. Now, these are not hard questions, but uh, let me ask, first of all, 
as people are searching, as people are looking for answers, as they view the Bible, is the Bible, is the Bible just a self-help manual to improve my life? No, it's not, okay, all right. Okay, so is it a liturgical book for self-righteous living? Okay, uh, let's see here, I guess I need to turn this on. Is it a bunch of uh, proverbial wise sayings that uh, help me have a better life? But aren't these some of the, the ways that people view the Bible? When we meet unsaved people and when we meet people who claim even to be a Jesus lover, a Jesus follower, who are on their journey, as you often hear, I'm on a faith journey. Have you heard that phrase? I hear that a lot. I'm on a faith journey. Well, where's your journey going? I, I, I don't know. I think God's out there somewhere. He's, he's on that, you know, that, that mountain. There's a lot of fog around the peak of that mountain. But on my, I'm on my, on my faith journey. Okay, so what, what's your guide? Do you, do you have a trail guide? Well, no, I'm just kind of figuring out as I go along. But what do you think about the Bible? And you'll hear things like this. You see it on the internet. You'll meet people like this. The boys have talked about meeting people and work, workers that pay less and people that are just all over the place on their, their views of life and the Bible and truth. And they just kind of make it up as they go along. And if they have any kind of respect for the Bible, they'll say things like this. Well, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a decent book. There's probably some good things in there that can... I mean, isn't cleanliness next to godliness? Isn't that in the Bible somewhere? <laughs> right? <laughs> some of us had parents that thought that was in the Bible. Okay? Other, other phrases and sayings that are out there that people will, will think come from the Bible. Um, proverbial wise sayings. Um, a group of stories, like Esau's fables. Good moral principles. You know, the turtle and the hare, isn't that an Aesop's fable? And slow wins the race, slow and steady wins the race. And, and is that all the Bible is? Just a collection of stories through the years? A collection of mythical stories? I even, like, I even try to avoid using the word story a lot in regards to the Bible. I like to use the word event or uh, recording um, how God recorded in his word. I will use the word story, but I try to use event or historical event or God recorded this event in his word. I like to use that more because some people, they, they pick up the Bible or they think of the Bible as just a collection of mythical stories like Greek and Roman history and their mythical gods. That's the way some people think of, or maybe as Aesop's fables. There's some good moral truths. There's some decent principles. There's some you know, decent things that we can learn. But the word of God, God breathed, the very words of God, the very revelation of God himself, that's where it really, the rubber meets the road, so to speak. Is the Bible the inspired, infallible word of God with absolute authority over my life? Amen. That's where a lot of people will, they won't go that far. And that's, that's sad. Even the LGBTQ movement is ultimately about the authority of God's word. 
If God is not, if God doesn't have the authority to define gender, sex, sexual orientation, gender identity, family, male, female, if God doesn't have the authority to declare all those things, then who gets the authority, who gets the right to define those? Man does. Yeah, you, right. oh, right, right, even, yeah, yeah, you, you bigoted, yeah, <laughs> right, <laughs> okay. I mean, that, that's, that, that's, that's where we're at in our culture now. And even evangelicals, professing Christians, Jesus lovers, Jesus followers, people who are on their faith journey, they will agree to maybe these first few questions, but when it comes to the verbal plenary inspiration of Scripture, the inspired infallible Word of God, absolute authority over my life. Eh, I don't know. You know that, that's, that's, that's your interpretation. My interpretation's a little different. Okay? So that, that's the kind of thing that we hear a lot. So where do we find the answers to life's greatest questions? Where do we answer the questions? Who am I? How did I get here? Where am I going? What happens after I die? Does any of this matter? These are the great questions of life that everybody is asking or will ask at some point in their life. And there are a lot of young people, a lot of young adults right now that are asking these questions all the time. Where are they getting their answers? What is the answers that they are getting? It's, it's scary sometimes where people are trying to, to find their their answers for these great life questions. Okay, so I just went through uh, some of these questions. But what has man tried to do to answer these questions? Well, modernism is one of the ways, okay? And this is basically... The idea that human reason and logic alone can discover the truth. Okay? Now, as human reason and logic break down, okay, because there is supernatural, there is divinely revealed truth, and if that's denied, and if it's just human reason and just human logic, you end up with the French Revolution, the Enlightenment, you end up with German rationalism and liberal theology, okay? But you also end up with things like communism, Marxism, socialism, okay? That's where these things, these isms, these philosophies, the, even these power structures, this is where they develop from, this is where they emanate from. Okay, human reason and logic, modernism. Okay, uh, I did not grow up in this era, but there was a recent anniversary of Woodstock. I believe it was Woodstock that recently celebrated a, an anniversary or someone who was associated with it and helped get it started. They, uh, they, they just passed away. It was, it was one of those kinds of... of milestone, you know, marks in history just, just recently that I heard about. I did not really know much about Woodstock, thankfully, but my mom and dad would, would tell me things growing up that 
warned us against that, that kind of perversion and, and some of the things that came out of that. And this is, again, where human reason and logic leads people. Okay? It leads to that kind of perversion, that kind of expression of self. I reason, therefore it is. I logically deduce, therefore I determine. So where does that, where does that come from? It comes from a depraved heart. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. So where is human reason and logic if it's coming from a depraved heart? If you go to basic logic class or geometry where we had to do proofs, if you start with a false premise, where do you end up? A false conclusion. We would sit there and we'd do these little logic charts and, and then we'd try to put in postulates and theorems and I never could figure out how you get anyway. But if you have a wrong premise, you're going to have a wrong conclusion. Okay. Naturalism. And this is still around today. Modernism, yes, it's mostly died off, but it's still around. There's vestiges of it. Okay. They've all kind of wrapped themselves up together in a way. But naturalism. Science. <laughs> Haven't we heard that <laughs> until we're sick of it in the last few years? Oh, as a matter of fact, science just retired. Truth just retired. <laughs> it's just in- incredible. Uh, somebody could, could think that he has that much, much power and that he is the source of, of truth and science. I understand he has a lot of pictures of himself hanging around his house. Have you heard that? He's a very vain, very vain individual. But science... Science has claimed to have the answers. Naturalism. So, science determines the truth. And yet, a baby inside a mother's womb, very scientifically verifiable that that is human life, we need to murder that child if it's unwanted. Male, female, very clearly, scientifically verified. Baby comes out of the mother's womb, you look at the plumbing, and you determine boy or girl. You put blue on the boys, and you put pink on the girls. That's not socially engineered, that's not misogynistic or whatever else. That is not just scientific fact, but it is scientific fact because that's how God created men and women. That's how God created the universe. Certain biological laws and truth regarding the, the, the human life and biology. But now, with the reprobate mind that's in our culture, even scientific realities are being denied. But there are still some people who declare science is the way we determine truth. But again, science based on their political or their depraved, their mind. And uh, then you see the, the modernism even wrapped up in that. Postmodernism, it, lived a, it had a, a short shelf life, but its vestiges still remain in our culture. We see vestiges of modernism. We see vestiges of naturalism. We see vestiges of postmodernism. We can't really know the truth. Um, doubt is king. 
Moral relativism. One of the reasons I believe that the election in November, one of the reasons that the pro-life uh, tickets that were, that were on a, a lot of the ballots, I think there were five pro-life uh, tickets that were on uh, statements, amendments, I forget all the different terms, that were on five states on the ballot, on five states, all five of those pro-life measures lost. Every single one of them. Michigan, just a little north of here, voted to basically murder babies from the moment of conception to the time of their birth. And Michigan even wrote into their amendment LGBT types of of things. That's just a little bit north of here. We can be in Michigan in what? A couple hours? Two and a half hours? And Michigan voted to exterminate life at just about any point along the way. And to add protections for LGBT and the whole trans thing. Absolutely disgusting. But some of that is the postmodern thinking. Moral relativism. So, moral relativism means I decide what is moral, I decide what is right and wrong, and if there is something that is an absolute, eh, I'm not so sure about that. Tolerance, absolutes have to be uh, set aside for this quagmire quandary of well, I'm not so sure. That might work for you, but it doesn't work for me. In that particular situation, we, we can do this. In this situation, we can do this. So it's okay to steal in certain types of things, certain types of situations. Like when there is a, a racially charged crime committed by police, okay, Therefore, it's okay to break into buildings and cause millions and billions of damage and steal and loot and even kill because there was an accusation of a racially charged crime by an authority, right? That's moral relativism. We can riot and loot and we can let prisoners, we can let criminals out of prison because they had a bad home life. You know, it doesn't matter if they chopped off somebody's head or blew somebody's brains out. That was 15 years ago. They've been reformed. They've done their time. You know, on and on and on it goes, right? Moral relativism. Lying. I can lie as long as it's pragmatic, as long as it works for me. I can cut corners on my business. I can cheat. I can even take a little bit uh, from the company. On and on and on it goes because, well, I had a particular difficult situation at home. I had a bill that I couldn't pay, and it was for a particular medical procedure, so therefore I can steal from the company to cover my bases because I had a greater need. My career and my ability to be a moneymaker is so important that I must murder this child, must exterminate this child, because I won't have the career, I won't have the economics, the money, if this child lives. Moral relativism. What does that lead to? Rights. My rights. It leads to victimhood. Everybody's a victim. So everybody has something they can use. Critical theory. 
And that leads us to where we're at now. And again, all three of these other things are still in our culture. But now it's gone to a new level where self is the source of truth. Expressive individualism, the autonomous self. So, questions, comments so far? Yes, Gary? Yes, and there was a, a person who had chronic back pain, and the, basically the Canadian medical system encouraged them to uh, have physician-assisted suicide, and they, and they followed through with it, and it was just chronic back pain. And there were, I forget the different examples I've heard, but somebody who had just a, I don't know, a relatively common medical issue that's very treatable, and the, the hospital or the doctor said, have you considered euthanasia? Have you considered doctor-assisted suicide? And these people were like, wait a minute here, I have, and I can't remember what it was, but it was something that was just relatively common, very treatable. And one of the first things that they were told by the, the doctor, the medical system, was, well, have you considered end-of-life procedures? And, they're like, and then you have family members who, they have elderly parents, grandparents, and there's some inability to make good um, decisions because of different you know, medical issues or, or, or mental issues. And so now you have family members that are under pressure. Oh, do I follow the medical advice to have my grandma killed? Do I, have, do I follow medical advice to have my mom or dad euthanized? <laughs> you know? and, and then you get into, yeah, in, in America here with the whole trans thing, and... California just passed a law that if your kid decides that they want to be the other gender, you can pack up and move to California, and California will trans your child and not respect the laws of another state. Unbelievable type of stuff. Yes, uh, Hank? Yeah, is it there are a few states that have euthanasia laws? Yeah, yeah, right, yeah, right to die, yes. Yeah, I don't know how many states that you're, you're right. Nat? All of these ideas make perfect sense when you get away from God's word. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. And that's where, if, if I can go back without taking too much time here, we go, back, we go back to these basic questions. If we will not follow, if we will not submit to the inspired, infallible, authoritative word of God, then we are. We're left to ourselves and to our own thinking. And that goes to Genesis 3. When Satan himself said, you need the knowledge of evil. You shall be as gods. Who, are, you know, who is God to say, hath God said? It's Eve, Adam, do it yourself. God doesn't know what he's doing. The undermining of the authority of God and his word. From back in Genesis, it's still today. Yes, Jake. Yes. 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 Yes.
Great, great point. If we can have a Galaxy 22 and an iPhone 14, then we're so smart, we don't need God. We don't need his word. We, we're progressing in technology, so yet our morals are going backwards. But we see it as, well, I'm progressing in all this technology, so therefore we're progressing in our humanity and our morals, and we're not. We're going the other direction. Yeah, good point. Yes? Oh, right, right. There were, right, especially if there's a socialized medicine, older people won't even be asked. Yeah, like in Canada, as it's already becoming, um, people won't even be asked, older people, people with certain physical conditions won't even be asked if they have other alternatives for medical care. They'll just be told that this is what you have to do for your end-of-life procedure. This is your exit out of this life. That's going to be the procedure that's going to be exacted, going to be recommended, it's not even, or told, uh, directed. Yes, Ginny? Um, I don't know if you've heard of the APLJ, American Center for Law and Justice. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, he informed us through a letter here on their mailing list, and California has voted, and it is a law that they can kill a baby after birth. Wow. Up to 28 days, and it's in, it's in the law in California. So if it's a botched abortion, then up to 28 days that child can be put to death. Wow. That's just nothing but... Wow. Wow, I hadn't, I hadn't heard that specific law. Okay, incredible. Hard to believe. Did I see another hand back there? Yes, Carolyn? So being in your mother's womb or being a senior saint are the two most dangerous places in life. Or, or, a, dis, or a disability of some kind. Yeah. It's getting to that point. Yep. And again, it goes back to modernism, naturalism, postmodernism, expressive individualism. Connie, yes. So we won't do something to the child, we'll just leave it. Oh. Mm. Wow. Hmm. Wow. And that former governor in Virginia, he was pursuing that, and he got caught on, on a live camera making that statement where if the, if the child's on the, on the uh, table, 
we, we can go to the parent and say, well, you know, make this decision. You don't have to keep this child in that gray area, that line uh, was there. And of course it came out and there was backlash, but yeah, that's interesting. Right. Uh huh. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And again, that's where human reason and logic goes. Where human li- human life doesn't matter anymore. We're not made in the image of God. We're just a cluster of cells. And some of us make it, some of us don't. Natural selection, survival of the fittest, whatever, whatever, whatever. That's where all this goes. Yep. You can buy pet insurance, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. you, can, you can bury your, your pet in all of its glory. <laughs> yeah. Wow. All right. So we're going we're gonna, to um, only just introduce this and come back to this next week. But six words for understanding the Word of God. And this is, we're laying some groundwork. 2 Timothy 3.16, we know, we're going to come back to this frequently. And then in the the morning message, I'm going to preach a message uh, with the Lord's help on our confidence in the Scriptures. And so some of this I know will be a little bit redundant. But looking at these six words, it's important for us to understand this. Especially as we are helping a young believer, helping somebody who doesn't understand and know the Bible. Someone who even is unsaved and is questioning where do we get our authority to say these things and where do you get your authority to talk like this okay so revelation god making himself known to man we'll talk about general and special revelation inspiration god's method for delivering his word to man all scriptures given by inspiration of god god breathed very words of god preservation god's protection of his word we have the Word of God preserved for us today. We're not missing something, okay? And there's not some pseudo-Bible out there. I know that there are some very poor translations, okay? But it's not like there's some pseudo-Bible masquerading. I know the Jehovah's Witnesses have their one-world translation. And there's, there's things like that that, are, that we, we will recognize. But my point is that God has faithfully preserved His Word for us today. All of it. So we don't have to worry about something being missing, and there's no Apocrypha okay, that we need to be reading. Uh, translation, understanding some translation principles, the communication of God's Word into languages from the original languages. Okay? Uh, like Dr. Kim, we've had a part in helping support Dr. Kim, who just translated from the Hebrew and the Greek into a Myanmar, a Burmese dialect. There's people in Myanmar, Burma, who are just now getting the Word of God translated from the original languages. And now they can read the Word of God in in a faithful translation. (laughs) That's incredible. We've had the Bible in our English language for years. Some of them are just now getting it. And he translated from the original languages. Incredible. Interpretation, the correct understanding of what God said. We'll spend some time on that. We may end up doing an individual lesson on each of these. Uh, We'll see. And then application. This is obeying, living, following God's truth. All right. Any closing comments or or questions? And then we'll, we'll pray and get ready for the service. Derek?
Okay. Uh huh. Oh, yeah, yeah. Wow. The Hipp- Hippocratic Oath metamorphosizes in, 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 um, in conjunction with this moral relativism. Wow. Yeah. And then do no harm. Now you have doctors who are being pressured into doing um, these transition uh, surgeries, which is nothing but mutilation. I remember going to the little town of Kisi in Kenya. And if there's a fourth world, Kisi, Kenya would be fourth world. Right? A lot of Kenya is third world. Kisi was like fourth world. And one of the practices of that primitive tribe that was in that area, that at that time, in the late 90s, early 2000s, that even the United Nations was trying to get out of that tribe, out of the country, was genital mutilation. It was practiced by that tribe, and the missionary was telling me that Christians, missionaries were having, and national pastors were having to deal with that because it was so prominent in that area, and even the United Nations was trying to deal with that. Now it's practiced in the United States, and it's considered acceptable. That was tribalistic, primitive, pagan. I, it, just, <laughs> it just blows your mind. But yeah, Hippocratic Oath, do no harm, even that is being changed and questioned. So, All right, we're out of time. Let's go ahead and pray, and uh, then we'll get ready for the service. Lord, thank you for your truth. Thank you that all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. Thank you that we can hold to uh, the Word of God. Lord, help us as we make this our theme for the new year, that, Lord, we will once again be renewed in our confidence in your Word, and help us, Lord, to share this truth with others and to see souls saved and lives changed. Pray continue to work in lives uh, from the gospel that was preached and shared yesterday, and we pray you'll bless now the service to follow. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for being here. We'll get ready for the service to start in about 15 minutes.